right, welcome to In Your Corner with Core Physical Therapy. My name is Scott McKenzie, and this podcast is uniquely positioned. And what I mean by that, we bring the medical industry, the medical professionals to you, and we talk about better pain management, we talk about rehab after surgery, we talk about improved mobility, and we talk about preventative care. And you know what else? We talk about so much more on this particular podcast. Now, thank you for joining this podcast. So let's get on with the interview. All right. Welcome to In Your Corner with Core Physical Therapy. Remember, go out to corephysicaltherapy.com. I'm looking at the website right now, and it looks like it's got some uh, sort of fall colors happening out there. Welcome back to your life. That's the headline. Comprehensive, comp- compassionate, close by. Our team is on your team with 250 plus locations and successes nearby. That's what the website says. Go out there, find out more core of physical therapy all right cindy you're on the podcast with dr rick by the way there's nothing there's nothing you can fire at dr rick that he doesn't know about he's that good. <laughs> awesome <laughs> thank you i don't know much. about that oh yeah thank you very much for uh finding time in your uh schedule there so anyway this has been on the calendar for some time mm-hmm. and i appreciate yeah. you saying yeah thank you for asking me i'm so excited to be here well, for the listeners, let's just sort of uh, give us a little background on who uh, Cindy is, and then we're going to venture on into your story. Okay. Well, you're going to go, me. Yeah, go. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Well, I'm a mom. of three kids, and they're grown. I'm a grandmother of one grandbaby daughter, and um, I'm just, I'm an art teacher. I teach in a public school, and in a low-income area. So I'm busy five days a week and then the weekend I rest. So I'm, I'm active, busy serving and um, I have family that lives close to me. I have parents that um, are in their eighties and they live close to me too. So I'm blessed. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. And, and, and uh, um, as an art teacher, I mean, that's that's gotta be rewarding, huh? Yes. It's a really good job. It's been challenging with COVID because kids are a little different now than they were prior, but um, it's a good job. But well, they're getting uh, back to normal, right? They're getting back to uh, sort of. Sort of. It's uh, sort of. <laughs> a, a, a definite maybe squiggle head type of response. <laughs> <laughs> Challenges, but it is an awesome job. I'm not a classroom teacher. You know, I just get to do the fun stuff. So that's good. You also have a book yes. and I'm going to get this right. Because I got the book right in front of me. After yeah. the cheering stops. And and uh, you also have a website. Yeah. It's called Cindy Feasel. Yes. And you're out there on YouTube. Yes. I'm on, I'm on Facebook. I said I am on Facebook. And I'm, there is a page that's that's for oh. Grant. But it's Cindy Feasel also. So there's two Cindy. There's a Cindy Davy Feasel. That's my personal one. And then a Cindy Feasel. And underneath that is um, where I put information about the book uh, and about the to him. All right. We're going to be talking about CTE, right? We're going to be talking about your husband. We're going to be talking about uh, the impact that uh, that horrible disease had on you and your family. And uh, Dr. Rick, in your corner right now. Well, first of all, Sydney, thank you very much for, for joining us. And um, this is obviously is a very timely topic. I'm a sports medicine orthopedist, and I probably see, I would say, about uh, eight to 10 people with CTE a month. So it's a big part of my practice and in, in, in every stage, uh, early stage, late stage. So be- before we get started, kind of tell us about your husband's career, um, where he started, his high school career. I know that's important to Scotty, um, mm-hmm. his college career and uh, his professional career. And just kind of walk us through his position and um kind of the years, etc. Sure. Well, let's see, Grant started playing when he was age eight in Barstow and he played peewee football. I guess you would say Pop Warner football is what um, I've traced it back to believing that is what he was involved in. And then he played from age eight to 32. So that's a lot of years. He played high school football and then he got a full he graduated in 1978, and then he got a full-ride scholarship to Abilene Christian University. And um, he was a red-shirted freshman, so he actually played for five years versus four. And uh, 
we met in college. So I really didn't um, understand a whole lot about concussions because back in the um, 80, uh, 70s and 80s, we didn't talk about concussions other than being a, a bell rung. Okay. So I didn't really understand a lot about it, but Grant had referred to them and had talked about having them even during the dating period and, and our early on when we got married. So we were married um, his senior year and he was drafted to play in the NFL. Um, we graduated in, he graduated in 1983. So he was in the 1983 draft. He was drafted fifth round by the Baltimore Colts. And uh, throughout the next 10 years, he played for the Colts, the Vikings, and ultimately ended his career um, eight strong years for the Seahawks playing most of the time. And so uh, that got us into like, our youngest son was, I was pregnant with him in 93. So um, it was a lot, it was a huge part of our life. <laughs> it was a huge and part of our life and a big part of our marriage. And um, when you can talk about taking your own kids to the stadium and your kids watching their dad play football, you know, he had a long career. And, so, and what position did he play? He played center and, I think he played center most of the time in high school. I haven't heard anybody really say differently. Um, of course, I wasn't there, but most people say he, that he did play center. So you know what kind of impact centers have. He also did m most of the long snapping uh, in college, and he did all of that in the NFL as well. So every play that he did any kind of deep snapping on, Everybody came down on his neck. So I didn't have any clue because, you know, we didn't have social media back in the day. We didn't have Google back in the day. I didn't have a computer or an iPhone. So I, I am prehistoric. Okay. So I'm just saying that, you know, it was a different world then when people say, well, why didn't you have any information? Well, where was I supposed to get it at the library? You know, I didn't know what in the world was going on. And I don't think he, I, he didn't either. Um, from the time he was in college, I don't know this about high school because I've not talked to any of his high school trainers, but I've talked to college trainers. And um, I do remember him talking about them, um, you know, giving him pain meds. Mm. And I don't know exactly what that was. Didn't even think to ask. I guess I thought it was aspirin. I don't know. And um, then in the NFL, you know, he, they had a person just like you that was watching all of his injuries. <laughs> he had a huge staph infection when he had um, some knee work done that I thought would have probably ended his career and didn't. He continued to play on past that. Um, it was like he got in some kind of zone and I didn't know where to how to reach him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it is the ultimate guys club, right? <laughs> so I don't, I mean, I, I never even thought about saying, Hey, you know, I, I did say, let's think about doing something else because he was a 4.0 dental major. And he'd also taken the pre-med class. Cause I mean, of course to get the L, whatever it is, I'm, I'm losing my cool. MCATs. Right? MCATs. He did the MCAT. And he, <laughs> he was accepted into every medical school in Texas and he had already been accepted into every dental school in Texas. So he wasn't dumb like you, you know, it takes <laughs> do what you do. And so he, uh, he had aspirations of being a doctor or a, or a dentist. And, and then, I mean, he played for that many years and it was like, well, then you end up in your, what in your mid to it's like 34. So, yep. Anyway, um, he could have done anything, is my point. And he wasn't dumb. And he wasn't a good communicator, so it wasn't easy for me to ever really know exactly what was going on with him. But I do know that early 80s, I would say, well, he, he played for probably five years when he started getting little packages of pills that were like, now I know, Percocet and... Um, Vicodin. 
I mean, you know, it's really hard for me to think that I just didn't do a lot of investigative work, but I guess I trusted people like you. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that. And I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying I trusted that he was being observed by a doctor and that um, he was under medical care. Now, he was also drinking, taking all of this. And I know you would not recommend that. And so um, he, I don't think he was being honest with the person that was supplying this medication to him. And um, so therefore the drinking continued more and more and more and more. So that's kind of the crazy cycle. I call it that he got into. So, so when do you remember the first time he said he, cause, cause back in the day, I mean, I was right. Guys would say, well, I got my bell wrong. We didn't really understand CTE. We didn't really understand concussions. And I don't know that we really understand concussions that well now. We think we do. Right. Um, but when's the first time you remember him saying, you know, I had my bell rung, I had a headache, I was dizzy, or, or any of those things? I would say in college. I mean, he first used the term bell rung. I didn't know what that even meant. Um, and so that would have been college prior to 1983, or around in their area. And then um, I remember specifically one time, probably mm, in the mid, I would say he had probably played for about five years and he was in Denver and um, he'd done a deep snap. And he said that he remembered just the whole crowd hearing a lot of noise and it seemed like that everything went black and um, that it was just really loud and it hurt his head and that mm. he went sidelines and they asked him if he's okay and he said yes all right when he got home that night because you know they travel they just leave right after the game and he came all the way back to seattle and he was like it was really it was a scary feeling for me he said it was just dark and it was he said i just remember everything just ever everything closing in getting really small and dark so I, I remember that one specifically being in Denver at the Mile High Stadium. Um, again, you know, he played 117 games over 10 years. It's a wow. lot of games. A lot of games. A lot of games. And most people, as you know, their career is not that long. And most people. Three and a half gotten, years. Yeah. And most people have gotten smarter now and know that um, they can't play that long or they don't want to. They start getting out of it. They're getting out of it earlier. A lot of them are. But, um, I mean, Grant had played from age eight to 32. <laughs> so Long we know. Time. And listen, here's the thing I don't understand about myself. How did I not know that the brain was like jello? How did Grant not know? Grant was a, a pre-med major. <laughs> I mean, did you ever learn? Did you learn that in, in college? I, I, I truly would love to ask him that if he were so alive. Grant, did you ever learn that the brain was like jello or like an egg yolk? Well, you know, I, I think we, we really did did think the brain was safe because of the calvarium of your skull. Right. And I don't think it was late till we really understood what, what the repercussions were. Um, concussion, CTE, et cetera. So right. when, when's the first time you, you think you said to yourself, wow, you know, he, he, he's not himself or he's not thinking like himself or he <laughs> forgot something or something was different. Well, I would say that by age 32, he was already drinking every single night. Okay. And he was also mixing it with pills. So when people say, you know, like, you know, we've had this discussion in our family. Well, dad was just, dad was a, an alcoholic. Well, no, because he had been taking pills for a long time. So um, I would say by, by, I think that by 32, he was an alcoholic. Mm. And, and, and he'd been taking the pills for about how long do you think? Mm, I think he'd been taking the pills for a good I, I think he'd, he'd started taking those really early on. I think really early on because I think he was already in pain. I mean, he'd had five years in college. He hadn't had any major um, injuries in college, but his first year in the NFL, he totally blew his knee out. So I think 
pretty much after that. Did he have surgery after that or? Oh, yeah, he had surgery. And uh, he went back and played for a little while and then they released him. And then uh, he ended up going and playing for Minnesota and he played there for a while. And uh, then he went to Seattle and Seattle is where he ended up having, um, he was just going in to have some uh, reconstruct, reconstructive surgery and it ended up getting staph infection in it. And uh, that's when, you know, that I thought would be career ending. And he was like, uh, no, I mean, it was like he was already the eye of the tiger. It's like, no, I don't plan on going home. So, um, you know, we kind of lost, uh, I, I, we lost communication with that because for me, that was like, I just, I felt like that we just needed to come home. We already had a house here. We needed to come home. We needed our kids by then were like already in, getting in school. It was just seemed logical that it would be quit, but he lost his sense of, um, reality. And, uh, Back then, there was really no one to sit and counsel with you, and he didn't have good counsel from his people. <laughs> I mean, you know, the bottom line is you're they're using you to work, right? No doubt, no doubt. I, I'm just being honest here, and I know that you see this and you understand it, and it's not a knock at your profession. I'm thankful for what you do, but I'm just saying you probably wouldn't recommend somebody going back to play in the NFL after a staph infection. I don't think you would. No, I don't. And, know, and, I don't even know you, but I don't think you. <laughs> no, and 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 now after a second concussion, we would probably have a heart to heart yeah. and say, you know, is this this probably isn't a healthy profession no. for you because we're we're telling athletes, and you you said it. A lot of athletes, uh, Andrew Luck. I've got a lot of patients that just say, yes. you know what, I'm not going to play anymore. Yes. Uh, it's not worth it. And and the medical side of it, especially guys like myself who see a lot of NFL from all teams. Mm -hmm. uh, are much more forthright to say, you know what, when you're 20 or 30, mm -hmm. 9, 30, you know, this may be a problem. We don't recommend you play. Yes. So, so when, 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 when was he first diagnosed with CTE and what did you notice? Oh, okay. Let's just, let me go here with you because you're not even going to believe this. I don't know how old you are, but I, you don't have to tell me. He's 25. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that I am, I'm 62 and Grant was younger. Grant was one year younger than me. So again, we didn't have anything to draw on. The line was like, I mean, it was just kind of the beginning of the internet and I didn't even have an iPhone. Okay. I mean, when Grant died, I didn't have an iPhone and I got one the year he died. He died in 2012. Uh, I didn't own a laptop. I didn't own a computer. A computer grant did because he worked and so he had a computer and our kids had computers but i didn't even have a computer and so um i didn't have any way of looking anything up i think grant had explored and we found on the history of his computer that he had explored cte uh, we had not had that discussion until the very end when he was like so drunk you know at one point he said i think i've got what mike had and i was like who's mike and he said mike webster who, who i knew he had idolized always in the nfl and I was familiar with Mike's story, by the way, but still I didn't, I mean, the Cindy now would go and like Google Mike Webster. I mean, I know his wife at this point, we've compared stories and um, I mean, our stories are very, very similar, but she was kind of like me. We didn't really have any, any, anything to draw. We didn't have any, any resources again. And so the Cindy now and the Cindy then I'm like a private detective now. Okay. But I, I couldn't be a private detective effectively without a computer um, at the time that Grant died, you know, and, and before, because he died in 2012. And prior to that, I didn't even, we said the word CTE between each other, maybe twice. So Grant was never diagnosed by any doctor as having CTE ever. Like that never even came up. And, and did he have problems? Similar to oh CTE? My gosh, I mean, yes. Yes. I mean, when he died, after he was dead, I remember being hysterical for so long because you can't even imagine. I mean, you can't imagine what it did to our family. It, no. you, you can't live in a family with a drug addict and, a, and an alcoholic and be okay. Okay. None of us were okay. All of us were, are not okay still. We're trying to. But so I Googled the symptoms of CTE and, and what came up to me were the Mayo Clinic symptoms. Okay. So here's the symptoms. Difficulty thinking. Check. Impulsive behavior. Check. 
depression, check. Short-term memory loss, check. Difficulty planning and carrying out tasks, check. Emotional instability, check. Irritability, check. Aggression, check. Speech difficulties, we'll talk about that. Motor impairment, we'll talk about that. Vision and focus problems. Trouble with smell and not being able to remember anything. Dementia. Grant had every symptom. I mean, mm. by, the, by the time they did the autopsy on his brain, he was at stage three. He was crazy. How many stages are there? Four. Oh. Four. Jeez. Did, did Dr. Amalu do who did his Who did his brain biopsy? Did Dr. Amalu do it, or do you know who did it? And McKee. And that was all ugly because, you know, Grant and I had gotten a divorce seven months prior to him dying, seven months prior to him dying. And we've been married for 30 years. Okay. He was insane. He, he went way cuckoo with me. He started shoving me around, hitting uh -huh. me and all this other stuff. No, I was done with him. I was gone. I, I mean, by that point, I was out. So uh, little did I know he would die seven months later. So, um, anyway, his family kept me from getting any information or comparing anything and giving valuable information, I would think, to the Boston University. <laughs> so, I have never personally talked to Ann McKee, and, um, but I do know that, you know, in the book, I, I told all about the, um, I got the autopsy report, and um, I, I knew that what, everything she said. And I knew who she was referring to when she said he wasn't as bad as, and I know that was Junior Seau, but it was a little bit better than, and I know that was Dave Durison. So she'd done all of their autopsies. So that gives you some clue about where his brain was. She said the frontal lobe was totally destroyed. <laughs> And, and, and when, when you were talking about his speech and some of his motor inabilities, uh, his, his, his ability, his depression, his ability to concentrate, talk about that just a little bit. I mean, what had you noticed? Um, and sometimes it's hard because, you know, if, if you are drinking and you're doing some pills, uh, sometimes you say, well, maybe this is, yeah, you, you don't really, it's hard to separate the, the CTE from some of the other. Go ahead. I know. And see, this is why I, I had no idea what CTE was. And I was like, he's a crazy lunatic. And all he's doing is drinking all the time. And I was trying to get him to AA. And he, I got, got him to, um, you know, different rehabs and stuff. And he was flunking out of all of them, coming home, being crazy. And so I didn't know what, to, I was at a loss of what to do with him. And, and, and he was, as I say, unmanageable to me. I mean, he's six seven. I'm five seven, and I'm full of spark. But he was still trying to take me down. Okay, and he was still a big guy, even though he was crazy. You know, at that point, he was still stronger than me. But he got um, he got a speech slur, and you may be familiar with it. But it's just a it was he he it, it was almost like he stuttered. Right. Um. He he would tell the same thing over and over again. I have a mother that has Alzheimer's and actually Grant and her were doing the same things, telling the same story over and over and over again. Uh, hmm. The vision problems, he, he had a lot of vision problems. He has, his prescription changed rapidly with his eyes. He had a lot of trouble with focus and just seeing. And um, he had totally lost his sense of smell completely. He didn't ever smell anything. I mean, the house could have been burning down and he didn't smell anything. Uh, but you know, just, he was, he was instant. He was unstable. It was unstable. He, like one minute he'd be okay. And the next minute he'd be crying and he never cried. So, you know, he got a psychiatrist. Well, I'm not trying to knock the psychiatrist, but you know, until you see a scan of the brain, what are you going to do? Well, they're just going to put you on pills, right? right? And so they had his bathroom cabinet was literally lined up with pills. Okay. So he was taking stuff from the psychiatrist. He was taking stuff, um, you know, different kind of antidepressants. He was taking Celebrex. He was taking, I mean, you, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Everything that you would prescribe for him, plus the psychiatrist, plus 
the statins and all the other stuff. He, it was like a prescription. It, it was like a pharmacy. And he was taking all of it together. And um, he was just, he was flat out scary. And then how did it progress? I mean, did it, did, did he seem to get worse or? um... No, he he got worse. He got worse. And he got to the point where one day he had a a blowout on his car and he drove it home anyway. And there was no tire on his car. He was making no sense. Again, this was somebody that (laughs) had a brilliant mind and, I mean, he got every award there was to get in college. There was, he was who's who, who's who in American students. I mean, he was, he got every football award. He got every academic award. Um, I mean, he wasn't dumb, but he was making really dumb decisions and doing opposite of what he, it was like the difference in night and day, the person that I married over the 30 years that we married, he did nothing but decline and become more and more strange to me all the years that we were married and I never knew what in the heck it was. And I think that he, he had finally started um, thinking that he might, he said, I might have that concussion disease. So, I mean, I think, I think that he, he knew. So he kind of figured it out and and knew that there was something else going on. But no doctor ever told him that. We were in a back, back in then, you know, we were in the early stages of understanding it. Um, but they should have been forthright. Uh, and, and today, he would have never gotten through his career that long. I mean, we just wouldn't let him play. No, no one would clear him. No. I wouldn't sign a, a medical and say, you know, Grant no. Kiesel can play. I would say, no, no he's, he flunked his physical. But, yeah. but let me interrupt um, real quick. You know that the story with Tua, the latest, the quarterback. And, and, and well. that was horrific. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, and he's out, what? A week, and he's playing again. Yeah, I can. I, to be honest with you, after I saw it that, scared the heck out of me. People were sending me that YouTube video of that, and I was like, I can't even watch it. And oh. little sick. I couldn't watch it. Well, they no. fired. They fired the consultant, and uh, again, I if if this were my athlete, I would I've, I've kept him out for six weeks, done another scan, and reevaluated him. Now he was what we call posturing. And you mm-hmm. see that in spinal cord injuries where his hands are drawn up. Um, mm-hmm. And again, from a personal level, I would be, you know, I'd be scared myself to, to allow someone to play and, and sign off on a physical yeah. with, some, with, with neurological deficits. So the yeah. fact that he went back, I just think that was a disaster. And that, that's going to come to roost. You're, you have not heard the end of this yet. Okay. Maybe the end of his career. But oh, no. this is going to be back. Story yeah. two will be told. I, I didn't. I mean, I didn't mean to digress, but it was just like no the story I, that you're talking yeah. about, Cindy, and 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 how it had evolved and grown, and 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 maybe lack of information or incorrect, whatever it might be at the time. Right. Then here, here's the here's the latest and greatest, and man, I, my skin was crawling, and I'm going, why? Yeah. What's I? I don't get it. So yes, it's that. I mean, it's it's. It's a lot. And, and, you know, I, I always say to parents that ask me, Hey, what's your advice? What do you think about if, if our son should play football or whatever? And they're, let's say 12, (laughs) I say, well, would you take your iPhone and put it in the middle of the highway and hope it didn't get hit? (laughs) I mean, really we take better care of our iPhone than sometimes we do our children when we put our children in sports that can damage their brain. And listen, Grant and I did it with our own sons. I mean, our two sons played football from the time they were in fifth grade all the way through college, and they had serious concussions, both of them. So um, my oldest doesn't talk to me. We have not he, – he, all of this has caused a huge problem between us. We're still working our way through it. But my youngest son, who is 28, he and I talk about it regularly. And he says, Mom, I worry about myself. Hmm. Um, he, are, he already talks about um, the ringing in the ears. What is the medical term for that? It starts with a T. Tinnitus. Okay. He already talks about that. And just to be honest with you, I think they drink too much. And well, and 
then that potentiates it. That's a that's a problem. And 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 a lot of the athletes drink because they are depressed and they are yeah. confused. And yeah. it's it's an easy go to. So they yeah. you know they'll have a so you know we're trying to get past that to try to understand that yeah. you know that symbiotic relation. But that is a problem, and it is confusing how much is CT, how much is alcohol. But that is a common theme. Or they end up going to other types of drugs because it eases the kind of mess going on in their brain. I know. And I wish I'd had more understanding because believe it or not, even though I sound like maybe not because of my tone with, because it brings up emotions that make me resentful with him. But I do think, I do know that I'm a loving person. And if I'd had any clue what CTE was, I think I would have been more understanding. I thought I was dealing with somebody that was just never going to be better. I mean, honestly, the reason why I divorced him, besides the fact that I was scared of him, I should have just left him and just gone away for a while. But because I tend, he, he was aggravated with me. I aggravated him. I mean, just hearing my voice aggravated him. You know, he would be like, I, I don't want to hear it. He couldn't talk about anything. Every every time I talked, it made him crazy. And so now I I think that I would have had more empathy definitely for him. And I, I would have had more understanding. I would have tried. I don't know that that would have helped his aggression because I, I just think that they become aggressive. And I don't I don't think I, I don't think a woman. I don't I don't know that many women that could stand up. Think about the guy. What was his name? Um, Jovan. Belcher that ended up killing his wife or his girlfriend. I mean, these people get scary. I don't know what else to tell you. And, and this is the most bizarre part of all of it. And I, maybe, you know, a medical reason I haven't really talked to a lot of doctors. <laughs> they don't want to talk to me, but I'm just saying Grant's eyes were like a light, light, beautiful green. Okay. When we married in 82, they became black. His eyes were black. Okay. I told him to his face. He was a demon. He scariest. I mean, he just looked like a, he looked like he was possessed. I don't, I that, don't that, that's also not uncommon either. So, um, you know, where they get, where they get that darkening around their eyes or cornea oh changes, or retina changes, wow. and they get, they get those, very uh, satanic looking actually. No, it was, it was. And thank you for, Thank you for validating that because for years I, I felt bad for that. I even said that to him because, you know, gosh, I've had a lot of guilt, <laughs> a ton of guilt. I didn't know. Well, you know, one of the things not, not to try to allay your guilt, but one of the things is there's, there's we don't have a treatment for it. So, so yeah. yes, you're right. You, you would have been more sympathetic and you would yeah. have been more understanding and and all that's great, and I would have been a better doctor, and I wish I was taller, and all these other things. Yes, yes, yes. Could have, have any, exactly. There's no treatment, so so all those things make you feel better. But in in the grand scheme of things, we haven't gotten any smarter. I mean, we don't, we can't say take this pill or get this scan or do this therapy, and you will resolve your CTE because it's a permanent change in the yeah. brain, and and we can't undo it. Yes. Yes. And, and that's why it's not to get it. No. And, and, and that's why I think, you know, years ago when I wrote this book, I was just like, is there anybody out there? I mean, that was truly my, my call. It was like a, a standing on the mountain call. I was just looking for anybody that could say they related. And I had a lot of wives come to me privately that didn't want to be talked about publicly. And I get that. I don't ever mention people's names, but I've had a lot of private people come to me over the years that have had exactly the same story. And um, so that validated me. And then every time I talk to somebody like you, I'm validated. But for a long time, I thought I was crazy too, because he kind of sent me down a crazy trail. And um, it took me, you know, he's been dead since 2012. And I, I mean, I've, <laughs> it's, it's been, it's been a lot of work. I've worked with a therapist, um, sometimes three days a week for a long time just to get to here, you know, and I did keep my job because it was good for me to be around other people. And I knew it wasn't right to isolate. It's not right to start drinking. One good for me to take a, a bunch of pills, but Hey, I can see how the wife in, ends up taking a bunch of pills and ends up offing herself because it's a, it's a crazy 
crazy will. And, and it affects everybody in the family. And it screwed up all three of my kids. My kids didn't get validated by their dad. My daughter never got told that she was loved. My boys didn't ever feel loved by their dad. Neither did I. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's the waves are huge. One person, one person. And football, football families were like this. I mean, you're, 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 you're right. I mean, you're going to hear the same story. You know, if you're Rick Lehman, you're going to hear the same story over and over and over again, because hey, they're very self-centered. They can't really think outside no. of no. their, their immediate brain because they can't and and, no. and they can't formulate appropriate um decisions so you know it, it all turns to anger and when and when things get confusing initially they go to anger alcohol anger pills and you know there isn't any there isn't any independent thought and this story has been told over and over and i just feel so bad for the kids and the families because they don't understand it and the athlete doesn't understand it. no no and I actually know more than he knew when he died now at this point. It's, it's Cindy, so, a question. Uh, when, when a grant retired, when, you know, that's it at the end of uh, the NFL career, there had to have been something else after that. Was there uh, any, any other business that he sort of gravitated towards? What, uh, how did he sort of bridge the gap between, well, I'm retired and life begins. Yeah, life begins. We had another baby. I mean, I was pregnant the year he quit. So it was like, um, and there, by the way, was no, there was no help. I mean, I think the night that he, he his last game, we were in Seattle. We were flying back here because we were going to live here. We already had a house here. So we were coming back home. Uh, he drank a bottle of Jack Daniels. Okay. That's the night before we get on a plane with two kids and I'm pregnant. Mm. I, I was already like, okay, this is going to be you know, I mean, it was, it was, mm. uh, that was a struggle. That was the night that we came back to Texas. So, um, I had a C-section with this one and not thinking that it was going to happen, but I did, I got, um, I don't know, some sort of pills. I'm going to say, you know, Percocet. I don't know. It was something, I can't remember what it was, but it was something for pain relief and everything. And back then the doctors gave you like two prescriptions for it or whatever. And, uh, he said, I think it'd be a good idea to get those filled. I never took one. He took them all. Um, so all of that being said, it was kind of hard for him to click, keep a clear mind. Okay. Because he was already drinking a lot and taking a lot of pills. Um, he got a job with a friend of his that was in medical supplies. And actually, even though he was already on the downhill spiral, actually did very well and made good money. I don't know how he did it. People still say it. And McKee said, I don't know how, I don't know how he kept it together as long as he did, who did his autopsy. Um, so he, you know, he had, a, he had a good enough career that we lived a pretty good lifestyle. I mean, we lived in a nice home. The kids went to private school. We drove nice cars. I mean, things were good, but then all of a sudden, you know, again, we didn't have bank accounts back then where we were privy to see what the balances were and this, that, and the other. I never knew anything, seriously, nothing. Uh, I just spent money. And so um, we started having financial issues and uh, I mean, things deteriorated over probably a course of the last, the last eight to 10 years of his life were downhill. Okay. So uh, it was be, you know, he would do good for a while and then he would, he, he couldn't keep it clear. He couldn't keep it together. He couldn't keep like all of the uh, reports at work and all that kind of stuff were starting to run over him. You know, he couldn't keep up with anything, but I, I mean, he, it was medical sales. That was what he did. Okay. And if he'd okay. been really on top of his game, he could have been, you know, gangbusters with that too. But if with half a brain, he was still pretty good. And, um, but things, you know, went downhill. And when I'm downhill, it's the same story you hear in the newspaper about everybody else, all the fun, all the financial problems that the NFL players have, you know, we had everything from our lights turned out to the water turned off to uh, the house being foreclosed on when he ended up dying. And he had a $2 million life, in life insurance policy he quit paying on. Hmm. Has there been any uh, improvement? I mean, within, you know, the contact sports, have you seen any 
sort of focus, doctor? That's sort of to you. I, well, you know, I, I think there's there's a lot going on. I think there's a, a, a somewhat of a denial from the NFL. Um, you know, they signed their billion dollar uh, settlement, but I mean that's that pales in compared to what's going on with a lot of these athletes individually. Well, and, and I, I think I, we go ahead. I go just want right here that Grant was one of the eleven, and you're going to laugh at this. One of the eleven families that got money. One of the 11. And you, I mean, that number is funny. Think about it. Crazy, crazy. And that's it. They're not going to ever give anybody money for from having a CTE autopsy, ever. That's over. Well, and, and that's right. And and so what's going to happen is athletes are going to sign waivers saying they understand the, the yes. risk of playing football. Yes. But you still have a number of athletes that didn't sign waivers, that played, mm-hmm. that have significant disease mm-hmm. and are, are caught in this, in, you know, whatever you want to call it, this black hole. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think the N- NFL has another problem and this is the problem. And you kind of alluded to this. One of these days we're going to have a scan. Now, now the only way, you know, someone has CT is, is an autopsy, but mm-hmm. one of these days we'll have a scan and mm-hmm. we're going to scan all these kids when they're 12 or 15 or 16. Yeah. Yes. And, and we're going to say, Mrs. Fiesel, your 14-year-old son has early signs of some brain damage from playing, mm-hmm. you know, Pop Warner football. And I think that may be very well, ch- I don't know, it's going to be the end of football, but it's going to substantially change football because the juice isn't going to be worth the squeeze there for most no. kids. No. And, and don't you think it's going to be become a more of a gladiator top sport, maybe? No doubt. I mean- no doubt. I mean, because the smart people like you and Grant would never play if you thought you weren't going to have a future. I mean, because I do know Grant loved me and I do know that he loved our kids. But all of us have a hard time remembering that after the death that he had and the life that he had. Mm. And if he'd chosen something else, it would have been a totally different deal. No doubt. And I think if someone said to him, this is how this is going to end. Do you want to play football? He would have said, no, I'll go to medical school. I'll go to dental school or. (laughs) Whatever. Yes, of course he would have. Because because no one who could do something else would would choose that path. And and that's my point. So I think that parents are going to have a tough. I mean, yes, if you're if this is your only way out, the only way you can get out of whatever is the box, you're going to box. But if you can do if you can work, go to medical school or work in medical sales or be a boxer, how boxing is going to end. You're not going to take boxing. No, because boxing's right. just as bad. And, and people that don't box and don't want to have autopsies, they know. Mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali, he knew. Well, <laughs> he had Parkinson's. And we know that Parkinson's and ALS and dementia, I mean, we know that all of these things in CTE, that it's headbanging. A lot of it is headbanging sports that cause these things. No doubt. Mm. No doubt. So, Cindy, is there anything else you want to tell us? Give us what what, what did we miss? What what should we have talked about? Uh, you did a great job, by the way. You were you were phenomenal. But go ahead. I is there something appreciate y'all. you should have said? I, I appreciate y'all for believing me. I mean, I always feel like that um, the one piece of CT of this whole thing that I think that people um, don't get is that they don't really understand that this that what they start out doing when they're really young could end up being a real life changer. You know, and uh, because here in Texas, I see uh, people signing their kids up to be in this peewee football stuff that that starts when they're age five. And you think about it, if they play at age five all the way through high school, that's still a lot of, of, of injury to the head. I mean, I don't know if I'm correct or not, but I'm thinking that every time every time you hit your head, a repetitive head hit is I mean, I know concussions aren't good, but just a repetitive head hit. I don't think that's good either. So you think about all the repetitive head hits that you have from the time you're in Pop Warner or Pee Wee football. And then if you just go to, to high school, you still risk something. There could still be some problem there. And um, so I just think that if people got the word earlier, and I think more people are looking for the word because now people are like Googling, is it good for my kid to play football? Well, probably not. 
and I hope my book pops up. And it does a lot. And people do contact me uh, on a pretty regular basis and say, thank you, because we were thinking about doing it and now we're not. So um, I know that some families are going to go ahead and do it because they feel like that's part of the family DNA. But then when it's all really said and done, if it takes a beautiful person, like Grant was a beautiful person and he had so much to give the world, but he missed all of his gifts. Even though he had a good football career, he missed he missed his life. And and so why would you want to trade your life for a few football games? You wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, no. And so I think that that's the only thing that I just would, you know, want to say that I I just want to be on the mountaintop saying with a megaphone, um, you know, do be, be careful. This is this is something careful. We Google and look at the reviews for tennis shoes for crying out loud, you know. I mean, this is your brain. So, um, you know, you only get one and there's no transplants, right? So it's pretty. And I, I mean, I didn't know to take it serious when our two sons were doing it. And I wish I could rewind that because now I feel like that there might be, you know, there could be some scary stuff in my boy's future. And that scares me, quite frankly. And a question to Dr. Rick. If you, if you capture uh, or a, a diagnosis, it's sort of like you're, you've got some brain damage and you capture it early on in the case of Cindy's, does it degrade over time? I mean, or can you stop it in its tracks or what? what or does yeah, you can't really stop. You, you can't really stop it in its tracks. So uh, now it, it may not get worse. And she made a good point. You don't have to have a concussion. So if you hit a tackling dummy 50 times and you never have a concussion, yeah. those hits aren't free. So, or, or, or you're, 18 years old or 16, you're a female soccer player and you do 10 headers a day. Those That's are right. not free. No. Wow. And we don't even talk about women in CTE. Nobody even talks about I know well, we will. Someone, Somebody we will. will. I know. I know. Wow. Hmm. I know. I have, um, there's a lady that lives in the same city that I live in. She ended up reading my book and she contacted me and said, I have CTE. She she played soccer all the way through college. And she said, I was like, you know, famous for heading the ball. And she said, I have all of those symptoms that Grant had. And she's, mm. she's had problems with her husband. She's separated from her husband and her daughters and kids think that she's crazy. And it's just, you know, it's such a, a cycle and a big riptide that just goes out for so many people that love this person that changes and there's personality changes. Um, just that, that it's like a slow fade, as I said, um, they just slowly change into somebody else and you don't even know who they are anymore. And that's the common, that's, you hear this all the time. I mean, that's the, the general mantra right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's sobering. Yes, it is. It is. Um, it's hard for all the people that are left behind to pick up. I can just tell you that. And uh, I've had to, you know, my, I say kudos to my kids who have um, just actively worked on theirs by with um, therapy and just talking to good people and trying to get all the research that they can. And by the way, there's a lot now that you can read just online, which is really great and follow a lot of um, neurologists. And um, Dr. Daniel Amen actually wrote the um forward in my book and uh, I do like what he talks about the brain I do feel like that he's super smart and he recommends a lot of good things I send people um, to him to to look to his information especially when they're um, wanting to know what to do with their kids but um, it's a it's a huge topic but it's kind of taboo and I know that that yeah, when I say that, I just feel like that, you know, people want to want to they know it exists, but they just sometimes don't mind taking the chances. And it's just a huge risk. It's a giant Russian roulette gamble. Wow. No, he, he's a good guy, Dr. Amen. I, 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 I know him pretty well. So that's a, that's a good spot. And I think he is good. doing good things. Yes. Um, and I hope at some point, you know, in my career, we come up with a little bit of an answer, which I don't know that we will, but certainly research is going that way. Um, but is that going to take five years or 50 years? No one knows. I know. I just appreciate you for at least um, discussing it, because even this girl here that I talked to that lives in the same town as me, um, she'd been going to um, Southwest Medical Centers, which is a 
great medical center, as far as I know. And she has gotten hardly any answers there as a woman. And so um, I find that discouraging. I mean, I can't take that banner on because I don't know anything really. You know, I'm, I'm talking about Grant's story, but I'm just saying I do feel like that there needs to be more and more said about women having these same symptoms. No doubt. No doubt. So I appreciate I appreciate you for at least acknowledging that that this is real. Thank yeah. you. No, it's real. Dr. It's Rick's real. A, uh, he's he's known for being a rock star. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. Well, I can tell. I can tell. I don't know about that. Oh yeah. It's it's all out there on the blog. Well, you know what? Good though is I it's about rapport, you know, right? So when people feel like they can talk to their doctor, I feel like it's easier to say the truth. I used to get on to Grant and say more and more, you know, like, well, why don't you just tell your doctor the truth? But you know, um, sometimes I think it's hard for men, maybe, and athletes to uh, because if they think it might be ending their career or changing their life trajectory in some way, it's hard for a male to say that. I don't know. It is. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Sadly, I I definitely reflect <laughs> those uh, sad <laughs> sentiments. <laughs> I'm not known for being a chatty Kathy, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I appreciate both of you for taking the time with me tonight. No, thank you, thank oh, you very much. Gosh, this this has been a really great conversation. <laughs> Honestly, I I mean, definitely you you definitely have a uh, a certain pepper about you. I, oh. I, I mean. You, you got some energy. I, I, I really, really like it. Well, thank you. Thank you. I mean, you can see how if you were drunk and uh, taking drugs that I could get on your nerves. But. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'll give it to No, I'm just saying, I think That's about cool. myself and my personality and how Grant was so calm. And then we got, you know, hooked on all that stuff. It was like a huge deficit in our relationship because yeah. I was always like, tell me why, tell me why, tell me why. And he didn't want to talk about anything. So. Um, you know, caused a lot of problems. But thank you. I, well, I take thank you very much. Really, I really appreciate your time and, and finding time in your schedule. This is well worth the wait, Cindy. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you very much. I All do. right, listeners, we're going to wrap it up on the other side. We're going to have, uh, remember, to go out to Cora Physical Therapy. That's CoraPhysicalTherapy.com. Find out more. The website's ever so user-friendly, so don't back away from them. Find some answers, just like Cindy was talking about. Be bold, be brave. Go out there and find some answers. Core Physical Therapy. Cindy, thank you. Thank you. And Dr. Rick, thank you. You guys take care.